0: Good morning, you good-looking bunch of people. How you doing? Yeah! Well, I'm saying. Give yourself a hand. Y'all look good this morning. Even you over there. Everybody, everybody. This side, this side, this side. Everybody's looking good on this nice summer day. My goodness gracious. Are y'all about tired of the rain? Yeah, I don't know what the weather's like where you guys are that are watching online, which, by the way, welcome. If you're joining us online today, uh, if everybody would, just remember, hit that like button and that share button so we can reach as many people we possibly can for Jesus. Man, it's crazy to think that sharing the live stream could impact somebody's life, but it does. We get uh, emails and messages all the time from people that uh, that appreciate the ministry and what God is speaking to them through it. So thank you guys for doing that. It is Making an impact. Speaking of impacts, that back-to-school bash—I'm so excited about that! Oh my goodness, man! How many of y'all have noticed that there's less cash in your wallet here lately? <laughs> Anybody? Is am, am I just the only one? Yeah, I don't know who's taking it all, but apparently they live in Washington. They're, they're taking a little bit more now than it's crazy. Inflation is through the roof. Gas prices are through the roof. Um, And I say all that to say if we're feeling the pinch, you know people in our communities and neighborhoods around here are feeling it too. And while we um, have uh, the the extra money to put gas in the car to come to church and, and do some things, you know, I don't know about you, but I've kind of adjusted my budget a lot over the last couple of months to offset, you know, and you get to pick and choose. It's funny when you start digging into your budget, you figure out what's getting wasted and what's not. And so you reallocate funds to put it towards, you know, what becomes a priority when funds are short. And I say all that to say, we're blessed as a church, amen? There's a lot of families out there, though, that aren't as blessed, and they're a little less fortunate uh, for whatever reason. And, you know, God calls us to reach out to those that are in need. And that's what we want to do with this back-to-school bash. Uh, We want to step into a need in our community And we're going to have some fun doing it, though. We're going to have bounce houses and food. And when those kids show up to get their book bags full of supplies, they're they're going to have fun. We're going to have a fun day planned out for them. They're going to have a blast. But while they're here, we're going to get to love on those families. We're going to get to love on those kids. We're going to get to tell them about Jesus. And hopefully we'll get some of them connected to Eastgate Church or a local church in the area if we don't fit with them. Listen, I'm not about building a kingdom. I'm about building God's kingdom. You know what I mean? So we want to get people connected to churches. I say all that to say this. Listen, we need your help. Um, money's tight for everybody. Money's tight at the church. We're asking people to step up and give above and beyond uh, and and fill in the gap to help cover the expense for outreaches like this. Like the church is fine, but when you talk about extra money to put towards large outreaches like this, one like this is going to cost about $4,500. Um, so which sounds like a lot of money, but when you do... Uh, $10 per bag for a kid. Uh, gives them a backpack full of supplies for the school to give them a jump start on the school year. 10 bucks a bag. And what we want to do is reach about 300 kids. We want to give book bags to 300 kids. That's $3,000 just like that. It's crazy. And then you all the stuff to make it fun so that they're hanging out and so that we can tell them about Jesus while they're hanging out here, you know. that That's about another 1500 bucks on top of that. So we're looking at $4,500, which in the big scheme of things, really isn't that much money, um, but it is a lot of money. And so if you feel led, if you've got a heart for outreach or a heart for this community and you want to help partner with us, giving above and beyond what you normally give, um, I'm going to ask the guys to put the uh, the giving information back up on the screen. And you can uh, just go to the website, go to eastgatechurch.cc, um, and you can... Click the giving link, and under that giving link, you'll see a fund set up in there. I think it's going to say Back to School Bash or Book Bag Outreach, something like that. Click on that and give, and 100% of what you give to that fund will go towards this outreach and help us as a church continue to reach our community. I don't know if you've noticed, but the world is burning a little bit hotter now than it has, you know, in in recent years. And and people need Jesus, I'll tell you. This is a real practical way for us as a church to step into the gap and show the love of Christ. So if you feel led, man, uh, hop on. You can give. You can do the text giving, um, Eastgate Church, to the number 77977 and easily give that way. And uh, we appreciate you doing that and helping us reach people for Jesus. I'll give you an update next week on where we're at with that far as the dollar amount goes. This is what I know about our church. We're a generous church, and we step up. We step up because we understand that the reason why we're here is to worship him with all that we are, and that includes our generosity, too, Um, and reaching people for Jesus is a huge priority for us as a church, and it shows in your giving, and I want to celebrate you guys because every time there's a need, Eastgate Church steps up. And we watch God meet our faith. And he always does exceedingly more than we could ask or imagine. Amen? Every time he does that. Um, So thank you in advance for doing all of that. Uh, I'm sitting down today, and I hope that doesn't change the vibe in the room. And you guys watching, I normally don't do this. But I forgot this past week that I'm not 25 anymore. I don't know if anybody else has ever made that mistake. So, and this is crazy, I'll just tell y'all, because we're family, I don't know what I did. I just took a step, and my leg went, I just started screaming. I don't know, I guess that's that after 40 kind of hurt, where you just don't need a reason, like your body just says, ah. So, my leg started barking a little bit, but we were going to go to the Georgia Aquarium with the kids the next day, and I was like, you know what, I'm a man, I'm going to be tough. And uh, because we had this day set with the kids, and I'm like, I wanted to be there. And this sounds kind of sappy, but I wanted to watch their eyes light up, you know, when they are seeing all the stuff at the aquarium. And uh, plus, we already paid for our tickets, and those jokers aren't cheap, so I was going to make the date. And uh, so, anyway, I uh, I wrapped this thing up and and took some, you know, ibuprofen and and walked around. But by the time you walk five miles at the aquarium and you get home, boy, my leg was just screaming, y'all. So... Uh, Yesterday I was pathetic, and uh, today I'm I'm a little bit better, but I'm using wisdom to sit down. So now you're caught up with what's going on uh, with me. Crazy, crazy. Hey, I want to give a big thank you to Pastor Jeremy for uh, filling in last week. Not just filling in, but doing an awesome job bringing the word. He always does. Um, That allowed Pastor Kelly and I to have the week off to be able to celebrate our 21st wedding anniversary. So that's awesome. Yeah. Man, she's still sticking with me. That's a good thing. That's a good thing, man. You want to talk about marrying up? I know I'm married up. So, shows the power of prayer. So, guys, if you're not married yet, keep praying. God could blow you away with something amazing. I guarantee you, she's an answer to prayer. But let's dive into uh, this message today before time gets away from us. I miss you guys. I was hanging out with. Uh, all the leaders before prayer, and I looked up at the the clock to see what time it was, and I was like, oh my gosh, man, we have no time left to pray, we just, we better get going. I uh I miss you guys when I'm gone, and I guess that's a good thing. That's a good thing for your pastor to miss you, right? Hopefully some of y'all miss me too. I know Larry didn't. Everybody knows that Larry Miller didn't, but but... As long as we can keep him in a good mood and everybody else misses, I think we'll be okay today. Hey, if you're a guest with us this morning, uh, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, your family now. We appreciate you being here. We're a real casual church. We're laid back. and um, proper don't really fit us, though. We are passionate about what we do here at this church, man. Um we love worshiping Jesus. We love reaching our community. At this church, we believe that no one walks alone. That's how we should interact with one another. So um, we're glad you're here with us today. So if you've got your Bibles or your tablets or devices, whatever you're using, go ahead and get them out. I'm not going to tell you where to go just yet. We're going to be all over the map, though, with the Scripture. I wanted to, wanted to kind of bounce off of the series that we've been in. On worship. How many of y'all really enjoyed this series on worship? I know it's like nowadays nobody catches all the messages unless you watch online, but I've heard good feedback from it. Worship is a huge part of who we are as believers. But I do know this that um, when the dust settles and all the music stops, uh, real world kind of worship has a lot to do with how we control. Interactions with other people. Because if the enemy can get us distracted with pettiness and drama and all the stuff that comes along with, with unfortunately dealing with larger groups of people, then he can keep our eyes off of the Lord and keep our hearts away from worship. He can keep us frustrated and aggravated with what's happening. He can keep us feeling defeated and less than. He can keep our eyes off the prize, as it were, and really mess up our journey in becoming who God has called us to be. And so um, I think it's really important for us to have a little conversation today about how to deal with some of these people and how to deal with people that are manipulators, bullies, and controllers in life. Have you ever met somebody or known someone that was a manipulator or a bully or a controller Yeah? Yeah, we all have. Sooner or later, you're going to come across someone like that. It doesn't take us long to figure out how to do some of this stuff either, man. My little girl, Abby, is cute as a button. Abby's seven. I've got another daughter who's uh, named Hannah, and she's 13. And I love them. Uh, Life is definitely more of an adventure with them, for sure. But, man, when Abby was, I think she was about four, a little light came on in her little innocent brain. She learned how to play people quick, man. I mean, she would play you like a fiddle if you'd let her. And, and most of the time, the girls have got me wrapped around their fingers. So I'm an easy one as long as it doesn't put them in danger. I'm like, yeah, okay, go ahead. You know, but she she, she, uh, she was doing something. I, I forget, it It usually goes back to cleaning rooms. With my kids, it's always cleaning rooms. So I probably asked her to clean a room. She didn't want to do it. And so I said, well, clean your room, pick this stuff up, or you're going to be in trouble. Well, she came back into the room I was in a little bit later, and she says, Daddy, we never spend time together anymore. Four, four or five years old, she's saying this. We don't spend time together anymore. What do you mean? She says, you're always so busy. And immediately, I'm like, well, great. Here I am. I'm always so busy. She goes, can you play with me? I'm like, did you clean your room? She goes, I did some. Okay. So let's go, let's go play. She goes, awesome. She goes, I got a great game that we can play. And I said, I said what, what do you want to play? And she, she says, um, we can play restaurant. And what we can do is this. She goes, I'll be the little kid, and you be the grown-up, and you go to the kitchen and get me a snack. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what just happened here? And then she's all smiling, okay. You know, like okay, what this? no, it's not. So I go to the kitchen and get a snack. I got played, you know. But uh, we learn young, I think, you know, how to how to work the system a little bit. While what she did was pretty innocent, you know. Um, there there are people that go way past the line with that kind of stuff um, in in manipulating and and with controlling and. and and just bullying and throwing their their weight around and trying to push people in a corner to get their way. It's always about power and control with this stuff, always. And when I say bullies, and we, we talk about stuff like that, or manipulators or controllers, like me, I relate things to like movies and people that I know and all that stuff. So when you think about people just pushing other people around, you might be thinking about this picture right here, like what was going on with Johnny and Daniel San. How many of y'all saw the Karate Kid? Yeah. So Daniel's son had to put Johnny in his place because he was just pushing his weight around, trying to control what was happening, um, being a bully in the situation. Or maybe, you know, the experience is different and you've got somebody like this photo coming up who's just always trying to just really let you know where you are on the totem pole. And they just try to p- push you around, keep you in your place, Usually, in your place is usually what benefits them the most. You know what I mean? Um, maybe it doesn't look like that. Maybe it, it it moves over into relationships and into marriages, and it looks something like this. You've always got one partner trying to control the other, whether it's a woman or the man. Um, I will say this. Uh, ladies get the reputation for being notorious manipulators. And I say women of God don't do that. Uh, Women in the world do that. But did you know that when you are participating in manipulation that the Bible calls that witchcraft? Calls it witchcraft. It's not cute. It's not a way to get your way. You're operating in straight-up witchcraft, according to the Bible, when you try to manipulate another person to get what you want. Crazy. There's a lot of different um, avenues by which these kind of people operate and little things that they do to try to get their way. And it always comes back down to ultimately power and control. And a lot of times um, people will use physical violence. They use physical violence. If you've been in an abusive relationship, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and unfortunately, I know a lot of us have. And listen, it's not just the ladies that get caught up on the wrong end of abuse. Uh, men are victims of abuse also. And so uh, physical violence becomes a, a very, a very powerful tool that these people use to try to put us in our place to try to manipulate and control and bully us around. Intimidation is another one. You ever had somebody in your life that just tried to intimidate you all the time? Just intimidating, just just a force of nature, as it were, in a bad way, trying to impose their will in a discussion, in a room. You know, these people are pretty obvious, but when they are zeroed in on you, it's no fun. It's no fun when people try to intimidate you. Um, emotional manipulation, y'all ever experience that? Emotional manipulation, not a good one. Um, And they pull all the heartstrings and just make you feel like less than dirt because um, they're usually the victim in whatever scenario they're trying to manipulate you in. And if you would have just done this or done this better or been there, if you would just be this kind of person or that kind of person or you weren't there for the thing last month and because you weren't there for the thing last month, everything felt, whatever it was. It's just no fun when people try to emotionally manipulate you. Um, Leveraging information or the past is another thing that comes up with these kinds of people. They know some dirt on you. Or if you're trying to change, and then you've got that person in your life that loves to come in and remind you of who you used to be, and all this Jesus stuff is well and good, but we all know who you really are. You say you haven't had an issue with this, but I know deep down inside you're still designed. That kind of junk, listen, that is straight from the pit of hell. When people try to remind you of your past in a negative way and condemn you, look, just I know you see their face, but listen, you're hearing the voice of the enemy. Just shut that stuff down and don't let it get into you. So this stuff becomes really real in life because sooner or later, we are going to come across an individual that's like this. Sooner or later, we are going to come across people that um, are trying to control a situation or whatever it is. They're just out there, and eventually, we're going to cross paths with them. So, here's a quote that I, I read from a from I found from a pastor that I thought was really powerful, and I want to share it with you this morning. Um, it's really powerful. He says this. He says, "Every relationship is the result of what you created or what you've allowed." Let that sink in for a second. Every relationship that you have is a result of what you've created or what you've allowed. If you don't like what you have, change what you expect and what you allow. It's one thing to encounter a person like this. It's another thing to entertain their attempts to come in and manipulate and control and bully us around. You understand? We had the power to choose in that situation. Everybody say choose. choose. Okay, you got the power to choose in that situation. No one has any control over you unless you let them have control over you. I love this quote because it says, if you don't like how a person is treating you, if you don't like the way the relationship is going, if you don't like what's happening, then change it. Change what you allow. Don't let them manipulate you. Don't let them control you. Don't let them push you around. You have the ability to choose to say no. You have the ability to choose to put those people out of your life if you need to. You control who speaks into your life. Amen? I don't know about you, but I want the Word of God to speak into my life. I want people to encourage me, build me up. There's enough negativity out there in the world. I want people to speak life over me. I want people to call me out if I need it in a biblically correct way so that I line up with Scripture and continue being who God has called me to be. I want iron that sharpens iron. I don't want a sword that's stabbing me in the back. The big, big difference, big difference between the two. Uh, and there's a lot of it out there. You're going to face it. Listen, and I'll tell you, if you have not experienced some of the social pressure because of your faith, you being an awesome person aside, because of your faith, if you haven't experienced this yet, I'm just telling you, it's coming. It's coming. Um, But we choose whether or not we let these people get under our skin. These people look like family. They can look like friends. Listen, just because you've had a, a friendship with someone for 20 years doesn't mean that you have to entertain the negativity that they speak into your life. Okay? Surround yourself with people that are going to build you up. Those voices, I'm telling you, those voices will get in your head and distract you and take you out of a mindset of worship and take you off focus on what God has called you to do and who God has called you to be. And they're out there, man. It just comes out of nowhere. I had an experience a couple of weeks ago. It just blew me away. Um... Now, I experience with what I do is I I see people at their best, and I see people at their worst, and I get to see people at their worst step into God's best, and I think it's awesome to be able to see that. But sometimes there are people that try to leverage and control me to get me to do what they want me to do, Um, whether it's the way things are set up in a room or the style of worship or look or something that I spoke when I was bringing a message, you know, every once in a while somebody Will, will come up to me. We had a guest one time that came in that offered to help me um, by being a critic of my sermons so that they could, they, they offered to come tell me everything they didn't like about what I preached in an attempt to help me become a better preacher. And I was like, bro, I just met you five minutes ago. That's not going to happen. Stick around and maybe in five years when you proved yourself, I, I'll listen to you on that level. Oddly enough, he never came back. It's crazy. You know, but people try to find little inroads to get in. I, uh, man, they write mean stuff, they say mean stuff, and and I just, it's funny, I want to read you some stuff because I want to let you know, and I I try hard to do this here. One, I try to lead by example the best that I can. I don't ask people to do anything that I'm not already doing my best or trying my best uh, to to accomplish, Uh, and I think that's the way correct leadership looks. You know, you lead by example, and I don't preach at you I want to sit down and share the Word of God so that collectively we can be enriched enriched and and grow and and become who God's called us to be. Understand that? Um, So I don't preach stuff that I'm not applying to my life. And a couple of weeks ago, I had a great opportunity, like on a different level, to apply stuff to my life. Because I said some things about, y'all remember the, the little bitty decision by the Supreme Court on Roe versus Wade? Couple of weeks ago, so I said some things, you know, publicly ab- about it in in a, in a positive way. I thought the decision was good. I thought it was an unconstitutional overreach by the federal government, and I think it should have been sent back to the states. And uh, I think abortion is atrocious. But when I said that, oh my gosh, here they came. Here they came. You take a stand. Get ready, Jack. Just get ready. Take a stand. Uh, in the world that we live in now, people are just going to let you know their opinions because their opinion is their God. I guarantee you. Um, so let me read you some stuff. I don't know if you knew it or not, but we had some negative reviews as a church uh-huh. by these mean people who didn't like what 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 we were preaching here. And, and I'm going to kind of make fun of it in a way, but I want to celebrate also. I want to keep it anonymous because I don't think anybody needs credit for this junk. Um, this is going to be PG-13. It could be uh, r restrictive, but I'm going to keep it PG-13. Here's some stuff that was written. This is a negative review. It's crazy. It says, it says hi, this pastor is extremely misogynistic. Uh, I'm a misogynist. Isn't that awesome? Um, and, and if you love your wife, daughter, nieces, mothers, etc., you will avoid this church at all costs. A pastor who mocks women shouldn't lead a church. I agree with that. I don't think a pastor that mocks women should lead the church. Good thing you have a pastor that does not mock women. You know, it's crazy. Um, here's one. I'm, I'm doing a scan of the room. I don't think we have ears that are too young for this. Okay, y'all can, y'all can fill in the blank. I, I appreciate the creativity in this. Um, F your controlling a opinions. F your church. F you and F your God. That's a lot of. it's a lot of Fs. It's a lot of Fs in there, man. Crazy, crazy what these people were right. Um, here's another negative review that we got, and I got a kick out of this one. Uh, like yeah, Just a negative review because our church is doing something jacked up. I want to know about that so we can fix it so we're reflecting Jesus as Jesus should be reflected. But this, this silly stuff like this, man, I, I kind of laugh at it. Um, thought this was weird for a pastor to be talking about women like their property online. I know, right? This is all lies. Like, they're fabricating this to make me and the church look negative. So funny. Um, and uh, and then he deletes comments. I, I will do that. I guarantee you. If if you hop up on, on my Facebook page and you, you start cussing at me or calling me a misogynist or whatever, I'm going to delete you all day long. And I'm telling you, it drove them crazy. Oh, for four days, I would come back and check my posts every other hour, and they would all, like, this group of, like, three or four people. not I, that I don't really know. I don't really know. One of them I kind of knew, but I don't really know these people. They're just boom, boom, blowing me up, and I'm like, delete, 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 delete. So we had we had this fun game going. So mean. Um, this is not the kind of church that women would be respected in. That's that's what they wrote. So crazy, 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 crazy. Um, here's one. Uh, keep preaching against my right to choose. <laughs> this is this is hilarious. We can't wait to show up and raise H-E double hockey sticks. See y'all soon, A-Wipes. Praise God. Oh, uh, yeah, they hadn't showed up yet. And you know what? I hope they do show up. I hope they get Jesus in their heart. I hope God rocks their world and their life changes in a great way. And Jesus is their Lord and Savior. I hope that, man. I got no ill will against all of this stuff. Um, I just thought I'd bring it up to show, hey, you know what? I'm not just going to be talking about this. Man, these people pop up in life, and they'll just do horrible things and say horrible things and lie and try to manipulate you and intimidate you. Um, But I will say, if, if people are watching online and you want to come into this church and you want to protest, we have a highly trained security team. Okay? And... If you come into our church and disrupt the service, that's called an unlawful protest, and you'll go to jail with all the love we have in our hearts for disrupting the service, all right? You're welcome to come and and hear the word and worship Jesus. You come protest on the streets if you want to. I think that'd be hilarious. We'll bring you water, and we'll pray for you. But but come, come disrupt the service, and you'll get some free stainless steel bracelets and get a free ride in a public service vehicle. And you'll get free room and board at the county hotel. It's just crazy. People will try this stuff. I love them. I, I, I literally, when people were writing this stuff, I, I, I kind of clapped and i was like, yeah, it's awesome, I'm getting persecuted for Jesus. I love that. And I thought it would be funny to mock the devil and just give like maybe 10 seconds of praise to God that we got picked on a little bit because of our biblical stance. Isn't that awesome? I love this. Bring this on. means we're preaching stuff right. So now, if we were doing things incorrectly, though, we'd fix it for sure. And we're not a a perfect church. I'm not a perfect pastor. And maybe one day in the future, I'm going to say something dumb, and I'll fix it. And I'll come up and apologize. But so far, so good. So awesome. Um, Yeah, these people are everywhere. And if you haven't experienced this yet, you're going to. What's important is that we keep our focus where it needs to be. And what I want to do is just give you some some. Uh, some quick tips and points from the Word of God to help us navigate this. Because, listen, let's be honest. I know we're in church, so let's have an honest moment in church. Have you ever, in dealing with one of these people, have you ever just lost your stuff and went full nuclear with them? Have you ever? Yeah, me too. And, and did it produce anything positive? No. Nah. Uh, did it glorify God? No, that didn't. Did it distract you from what God had called you to do? Yeah, yeah. did me too. And so, what we want to do is not make that mistake, because this is the game that the enemy works. So, um, let me give you some some wisdom from the Word of God. Uh, first thing is understand who you are and who is with you. Understand who you are and who is with you. Uh, go to Deuteronomy chapter thirty-one. This is is so important because when you know who you are, then when people lie about you, you recognize the lies. When people talk about your past, then it doesn't draw you back there because you know who you are today. You understand? Who you were 10 years ago or even 30 days ago is not who you are today. Uh, You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. This is um, the Lord speaking to Joshua, but it applies to our lives today. He said to him, Be strong and courageous... Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. Amen on that? He will never leave you nor forsake you. I love that God made a promise to us that He would never leave us or forsake us. You know what that means? That God's got your back, that God's got your side that God's got your front, that he is surrounding you, and he is with you. Even if people try to manipulate you or control you or push you around, listen, your God is with you. And one of the clearest examples you see of this is when David shows up, the battlefield where the people of Israel were lining up against the Philistines, and there was this big mouth there named Goliath. And Goliath would walk up twice a day, and he was, he was insulting the Israelites and cursing God. and couple, I mean, just any mama joke you could think of, he was just letting it fly out there. You know, your mama's so... I'm just, I could do mama jokes all day long. He's just letting them, he's letting them rip. And they were all intimidated by him. Except David. The difference between them and David was that David understood, one, who he was. Two, he understood the God that was with him. When David lined up to fight Goliath, it wasn't because he thought he was big and bad. He did it because Goliath was insulting God. You understand? Big difference. Big difference. Thousands of men cowering. One shepherd boy who understood who was with him stood up against the bully and took him down. Okay? Remember who's with you because there's going to be a lot of big mouths out there that are going to try to intimidate you. I've seen some big men, and I've seen some guys that can bench press a lot of weight, but I've yet to meet anybody that can stand toe-to-toe with the creator of the universe. You understand? The God that I serve, listen, he's awesome. He's a bad dude, and he's an awesome God. He's a bad dude. Have you read Revelation? Have Have you read the can of whooptail tail that he's going to open up on people, oh, my goodness gracious, he's, he's a bad dude. So when I know that he's with me, i got a level of confidence because I know that my God is undefeatable, and I know who I am in relation to that. So you got to remember who you are and who's with you. Um, another big thing, and this is just wisdom here, remember who is really at work. Remember who's really at work here. It's real easy to put our focus on the person just like a little chihuahua. Isn't it crazy how one chihuahua can just destroy all the peace in a house? All it takes is a doorbell ring or a knock on the door or a weird sound. What would that dog do if it actually got a hold of what it thought was behind that door? Don't know. Um, Ephesians chapter 6 gives us some good insight into this. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Nothing happens physically without it also happening spiritually. You've got to understand that. Okay? So, Pastor Josh, are you saying that people that that manipulate and try to control and bully those those toxic kind of personalities, are you saying that they are possessed by the devil? No, I'm not saying that. But you can be influenced pretty strongly by him. You understand? Uh, If you're taking notes, write this down. Hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. People behave the way they do, largely in part because of how they have navigated what has happened to them in life. The so people that like to manipulate and control and push people around, listen, I, 99 times? nah, probably 100 times out of 100, you can trace it back to a time in their life there was a trigger event where they got hurt, either emotionally, physically, or mentally. There was something there, okay? Now, what the enemy does is this. This is important to understand. People just didn't appear as bitter britches people didn't appear as controlling which woman, mother-in-law. Okay? That stuff happened over time. It happened over time. The enemy will see this happen in a person's life. Hey, listen, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, and if he can exploit what just happened and try to turn your heart in the wrong direction, he will. Okay? Hurt people, hurt people. He knows this. And so if he can take that hurt and cause it to fester and let it turn into bitterness, it's got to go somewhere. Okay. All toxicity in relationships we can trace down to a bitter root that comes from an issue of hurt that is not resolved every time. So when you see people like this, you gotta see past what is you gotta see what's past what's uncomfortable. You've got to see past what they're saying, and you've got to recognize what's happening. You're looking at a person. As, as loud as they're yelling and as big and as strong as they look, listen, they are hurt on the inside. And that's what you're looking at. That's what you're seeing. That's, that's how the enemy is manipulating that person to turn them loose into the world to do damage. Okay? So they become pawns used by the enemy to destroy the peace in your life. Okay? It's not like the person is the devil, but they're being played by the devil. So you've got to recognize that so that you don't get sucked into the game. You've got to take the battle to where it needs to go. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Okay, Exercise that fruit of the Spirit, that love, that joy, that peace, that patience, that kindness, that goodness, that gentleness, and that self-control. Whew! Boy, couldn't you use a little bit more of that in your life? When you deal with these kinds of people, you know, take it, approach it in a spiritual way and understand what you're dealing with. Jesus gave us some really good instruction. He said, uh, I tell you, love your enemies. He did this in Matthew 5, uh, verse 44. I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Come on, Jesus. Come on. Pick up a rock and throw it in the face say what you want to say, and then hang up the phone. Give them a good one-liner and run out of the room and slam the door, you know? You don't like that crockpot anyway. Throw it across the kitchen. You want new cabinets anyway. Destroy them all, you know what I'm saying? No, love them and pray for them. Good old Jesus. Good old Jesus. You know, when you look at the interactions that Jesus had with the people that push, tried to push him around, he responded in a pretty good way. He didn't let people push him around, he spoke truth when necessary. But he responded in the same way. Hey, love them. You know that word love there? Agape. Agape love. You know what that means? Unearned. means they don't deserve it, but you love them anyway. Isn't that hard? Just remember how much agape God had for you when he sent Jesus to die on the cross for you when you didn't deserve it either. Understand? We can't forget that. In a way, we used to be just like them. We had our own issues. Maybe it was what they're trying to do in your life or other people's lives. Maybe that's what you were. Maybe you were a manipulator. Maybe you were a bully pushing people around or trying to control people's lives. Then Jesus changed you, hopefully, or is in the process of changing that in your life, hopefully, you know. But they—they they don't deserve it. But you gotta love them anyway. Why? Because you don't deserve the love that God gave you. Anyway, me either. Gotta keep that in perspective. And then he says, "Pray for those who persecute you." I—I I love studying culture, and I love studying history, and I love—I love studying why people like with, with biblical reference why Jesus would say some of the things that he said. There's a lot of depth to it. Jesus just wasn't talking smack because he didn't have anything else to say. Everything he said, he said with a purpose. You know that, right? So Jesus says, pray for these people that, that persecute you. You know what was real popular in the day back then? To pray for people, but to pray for them in a mean way. You ever pray for somebody in a mean way? Lord, I pray that you do whatever's necessary to get their attention. To change their heart. Make their life miserable. Cut off all their relationships. Let them lose their job. Let them be miserable in life. Take them to the very depths of the bottom of the pit of sorrow itself so that they have no hope but to look up and see you, Jesus. (laughs) I pray for people like that. Ah, My goodness gracious. But we did it with a good heart, didn't we? We did it with a good heart. Jesus says, pray for these people, not in the mean way, because people would pray for people and, like, curse them when they were praying. You know, God, I pray for so-and-so. May the fleas of a thousand camels infest their armpits. And they would, like, pray and speak curses on people. They really would. Um, Lord, I pray that pestilence falls upon them for the evil that they've done to me. And it, it was crazy how they would try to manipulate it. So Jesus fixes this, and he goes, hey, those people, love them. Love them with agape love. And out of that agape love, you pray for them accordingly. Not the people that you get along with. He said enemies and people that persecute you. That means Georgia and Alabama fans. That means New Orleans Saint fans. Somebody needs Jesus back there. That is crazy. That means mouthy, Media people that root for the University of Tennessee. you got to love them. When they try to call you out in prayer service, you got to love these people. And the people that, that write mean stuff about you. And the family member that's always having to sit down and tell everybody why their life is so much better than theirs. And what they should be doing with their lives. And the people that try to manipulate. It's the people that rub us the wrong way. Dadgum, Jesus had to put this in the Bible and you know why? Because it creates a beautiful opportunity for us to show that unconditional love that is nowhere else in the world, to let the love of Jesus shine through us. Imperfect as we are, we're called to be the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. We're a city on the hill. And when people pull us down to their level, we lose all of that. And once you lose your testimony, it's hard to get it back. It's hard to get it back. So we can't get sucked into this stuff. So remember who's really at work. Uh, Here's a good one, too. Uh, Gas or water, choose wisely. Gas or water, choose wisely. Water. Water puts out a fire. Gas. I know we got rednecks probably watching online. You like to blow stuff up, but that's not what you want to do. That's not what you want to do in situations uh, with these people because it will escalate quickly. You know why? Because they walk around on edge. They walk around on. I'll tell you a story. Is um, it okay if I tell you a story? Okay, cool. So Kelly and I, we were, um, I think we were in uh, Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge area for uh, her birthday earlier this year. Which, by the way, if, you ever, if you're ever in Gatlinburg or Pigeon Forge and you wanna have some fun, because, you know, like in the strip in Gatlinburg, there's like 10 million people that are walking around, going into all these shops. If you've never been, it's a really cool place to go, especially if you've got kids, because you can do anything you wanna do there. Um, you can do nothing, or you can do literally anything 24 hours a day there. But these crowds of people that walk by, if you, you're ever there, do this and have some fun. just. Wait for a second and go, Woo! Promise you, without fail, somebody in the distance is going to go, Woo! You'll hear it. They'll rip flare back to you. They can't help it. Why? Because there's so many rednecks up there in that area. It's It's like if you were going to like go redneck hunting, that's the call you would use to bring them in. I guarantee you. I don't think there's any rednecks out here. Woo! Woo! You hear it. There it comes. Yeah, so... Yeah, a lot of time. We were up there for her birthday, okay? And they got these crosswalks with these signs on the cross stop signs on the crosswalk that say stop for pedestrian. Okay? Which means when there's a pedestrian in the crosswalk, you stop. You don't speed up. You know what I mean? You, you slow down and you stop and you let them walk by. So we were going down over if y'all know where the island is over in Pigeon Forge. We were turning in by the island and there was one of those crosswalks. There was nobody in the crosswalk. Okay, so I kept going slowly, because you can't go fast anywhere there. Go slowly, going through the crosswalk, and this guy pulled out of the parking lot and just was about to just pull, plow into me. I hit the brakes, and I went on the horn. Make sure he saw me, because the way he was driving, it didn't look like he saw me. I didn't go The guy whipped around in front, slammed on the brakes, got out of the truck that he was in. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is going to get so much fun. <laughs> Kelly's coming out of the store over here because I was driving around fixing to pick her up. She's coming out of the store, and I'm sitting here, and here comes this guy. Bam! Slams his hand on my hood. Blankety, blank, blank, blanking, 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 blank, blanking, 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 blanking. Blank, 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 blank. You know, just giving me the riot act and uh, come up to the window, beating on them, get out, of the, get out, get out. And I'm like, one, I'm not going to. Two, you probably don't want me to <laughs> either. But um, so I just sat there watching this guy just go ballistic, 90 to nothing. I mean, nothing to 100. Just <laughs> why? Because people are so wound up, man. It's crazy. They've got so much pent-up stuff inside of them. But I had a choice. I could either escalate it or de-escalate it. So I just sat there. I didn't even make eye contact with a guy. I watched what he was doing. And everybody else slowly stopped and was watching the show too. And then he went back to his truck and got something and came back over to me. He had it in his back pocket. I don't know what it was, but I could take a pretty good guess. And when I saw him did that, I I matched his effort. (laughs) And, but I put mine in my lap, and, and I watched to see what was going to happen, and, and he mouthed off for a little bit more, and I just played it calm. You know, the Bible says that a soft answer will calm down a person's anger. And I just sat there, let him mouth off for a little bit, and once he had vented, it took about five, five or six minutes. He got back in his truck and was gone, you know. I was half expecting the Dukes of Hazard horn to honk. Well, he was gone, but it didn't. And Kelly got in the then she got into the car with me. She goes, "What did you do to set him off?" I'm like, "Why is this my fault?" You know what I mean? Well, we got to always think this is Pastor Josh instigating stuff, but it was crazy. I no, did nothing, just over over absolutely nothing. But people will do that, and how you respond is going to pour gas or or it's going to pour water on the situation. How you respond emotionally when people are pushing your buttons matters. It matters. Back up, take a deep breath, realize what's happening, and respond biblically. You know, the book of Proverbs gives you a beautiful playbook on how to interact with somebody who's trying to play you and push you around. It tells you exactly what to do. What to say, what not to say. You don't answer a fool according to their folly. That's why some of you guys are so frustrated because you're trying to change people's theology and political views on Facebook, and it's not working because you're talking to fools out there, and you're trying to answer them according to their folly, and it's just going to blow up in your face. So, gas or water, choose wisely. First uh, Peter three nine, it says it says, "Do not repay evil with evil, or insult with insult." Thank you, Jesus. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. The next time they're mouthing off at you and pushing your buttons, you just think, hey, you know what? I get to give them a blessing. You get to give them a blessing. Not the blessing you're going to feel like giving them. All right? I gave them a blessing. Uh, give them, look, back up. Don't repay evil with evil. Now you've dropped down to the world standard. Is this, is this good stuff so far today? All right. You, 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 and I'm, I'm talking to me as much as I'm talking to you guys because, man, they can push those buttons so fast, you know? I, heard, I think I heard a, an amen from somebody at home. They were sitting in their living room, and they just shouted amen, and their spouse got mad at them. I do marriage counseling for $750 an hour. Seven hundred fifty bucks an hour. I'll help you out. I just, for real. I do it for free, unless you're difficult. Then it's seven hundred fifty bucks an hour. I reserve the right. I reserve the right to apply that fee at any at any time. So, (laughs) Um, so yeah. Don't give evil for evil. Come back with some good stuff. Show that love that they don't deserve. My goodness gracious. Always use water over gas. Always use water over gas. Anytime, anytime with family, just look at them and make that decision, water or gas, water or gas. What I'm about to say, what I'm about to do. The next time you and your spouse are at odds with each other over whether, whatever. Don't we fight over the silliest things sometimes in in marriages? Um, Think, gas or water, what am I about to do? I can't control what they just said, but I can absolutely control my response to it. And okay, we can control. Well, they were just going, I just lost control. No, you didn't lose control. You let your emotions have control. You surrendered it. Okay, you can choose. You can choose how you respond to these people. And and in doing that, though, um, sometimes you have to stand your ground. Sometimes you have to stand your ground. As for you saying that we can just pull up some knuckles and start throwing with them. Just get after them? No, that, that's that's not what I'm saying. But that's not what I'm not saying either. Uh, but you just said, show them agape love. Yeah, I, I get it. And the same Jesus that said that also flipped over some tables and beat some people with some whips, too. You understand? Um, uh, that same Jesus also encouraged self-defense and told his disciples to carry swords. Okay, so... There's a balance. It's not one extreme or the other. There's a balance to it. And sometimes you have to stand your ground and let people know that they just are not going to be able to push you around anymore. And you can do that without reverting to violence most of the time. Um, but there are, I, I think there are those rare instances where you would have to defend yourself. But you're not defending yourself, in a, or you're not attacking them in a moment like that. You're defending yourself. Does that make sense? Big difference. You're not acting out of hate towards them. You're preserving yourself or you're preserving people that you love. Um, When people try to manipulate you, just say no. It doesn't matter how much they cry or stomp their feet. It doesn't matter how much they they try to, to twist the emotional screws on you. Just say no. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Um, gentlemen, if your wife tries to manipulate you in a home like that, say, I love you, but I'm not going to do it. Listen to this. You don't have to manipulate somebody that loves you and serves you. Okay? So if your marriage was in a proper balance, whew, man. hey, by the way, we get to have fun talking about marriage and relationships next week. I'm so excited about that. Um, it's it's going to be a fun, fun Sunday for sure. And then the Sunday after that, Uh, It's been a while since we've had a live Q&A service, so we're going to do a live question and answer service. Um, So I think it's, I'm losing my dates here, I think it's the 24th, live Q&A, what it's going to be. You get to ask any question that you want, and I have to sit up here on the stage and look awkward and try to answer it. Going to be great now but we do have some great uh, questions that come up and some great answers that come out of that so uh, we'll uh, have the stuff ready for you next week to go ahead and start getting those questions in it's going to be a great couple of weeks of ministry for sure here at the church but you got to stand your ground um, but make sure that you're doing it in the proper way uh, Romans 12:21 says don't be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good sometimes though you have to overcome that evil you know what I mean you got to take a stand. Don't let people push you around. Somebody's trying to control you, say no. Say no. Say no. Everybody say no. no. Oh, that's a beautiful word. That's a beautiful word. Um, last thing that I got for you today is this when you're dealing with people that are just trying to be those people in your life, fix your identity. Fix your identity. Because remember, No one has any control over you that you do not give them. People cannot manipulate you emotionally if you are emotionally secure and in control of your emotions. Understand? Uh, People can't boss you around and intimidate you in a negative way if you understand who you are. It all comes back to your relationship with God. And I think this is probably the bigger part of the game and why the enemy tries to use these types of people to distract us because if he can distract us, it takes us away from our focus being where it needs to be and us losing sight of who we actually are. When you respond in a negative way, you're not acting like who you are. You're probably acting like who you were so that's the game. He's trying to, to take you in a direction you don't need to go. You got to fix your identity. Manipulators, bullies, and controllers target passive and insecure people because they will give permission and surrender rights. Surrender. Ever seen uh, this, the, a person date the same kind of person over and over and over again? And just land in toxic relationship after toxic relationship. Or, or land in relationships where the person doesn't go to church. And gives a tribute talk to God. But really doesn't have a heart for God. And, and, or they date people. that are, they, they. Passive and insecure people are always going to go after that person. And that person is always going to find a passive and insecure person. Every time. Every time. But it's important to know. Who you are. If you're solid in who you are, if you fix your identity, that solves 99% of it. Does that make sense? If you know who you are. Why, why would I, why would a lion be intimidated by a chihuahua? You understand what I'm saying? Hey, we're lions. We're lions in the kingdom of God. Don't let that the little stuff intimidate you. Know who you are. Let me read you some scripture. It just kind of goes over who we are as children of God. It's important. Maybe you're dealing with somebody right now and this is right on time and you needed you needed just the review. You needed to, to hit pause and, and back up and say, you know what? I was about to approach this the wrong way and I need to adjust some stuff. Or maybe you've already started heading the wrong direction and you need to pull back how you're interacting with some of these people and change some stuff. and Change the terms of interaction between you and these people. Colossians 3, verse 3, says, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Hidden with Christ. You know what that means? You and Him are together. You are hidden together with Christ in God. Together with Him. It means He's protecting you. Protecting you. Don't let the, the devil tell you that you're something that you're not. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God if you're in Christ Jesus. You understand that? He gives us his robe of righteousness We hand him the sin. The sin goes to the cross, and we are covered in his blood and in the righteousness of Christ. You know what that means? That means you don't have the same identity that you used to have. You are not that person anymore. Don't let someone tell you that you are. Don't let the enemy lie through somebody else to tell you that you're still that person. You are not. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 37, it says this. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors. Hey, if you're more than a conqueror, then that big mouth at work can't touch you. You understand? You're above that. You're above that. You're above that. More than conquerors in Christ Jesus That means that person that's frustrating you and you just know they're going to mouth off. No, you're more than a conqueror over that situation. Stop acting like a defeated person. Stand up and act like the child of God that you are. You are more than a conqueror. You do not have to put up with that abuse. You do not have to put up with the physical abuse. You don't have to put up with the intimidation. You don't have to put up with the emotional manipulation or the dredging up of the the past to try to control or blackmail or manipulate. You do not have to give in to that. You can rise above it and overcome it because Jesus set you free from all of that. Amen? 1 Peter 2, 9 reads like this. It says, But you are a chosen people... You know what that means? God handpicked you. You're important. You are important. You're, You're his child. You are the apple of his eye. You understand that? You're a chosen people. A royal priesthood. Go home this week and do a word study on royal priesthood. It'll blow you away that we get referred to that way in Scripture. A holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. John fifteen nine says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. You do realize that you are loved. You are loved, and there is nothing that you can do to make God love you any more than He already does. He loves you with all that He is. It is impossible for Him to love you anymore. That's how much He loves you. Who gives a flying rip? what anybody else says, or thinks, or does. If my God loves me that much, He's the only one I'm concerned about pleasing anyway. Let it all go away. I'm going to walk in the love that God gives me. Every time. John 1, 12 says, Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. You're a child of the Most High God. Everybody say that. I am a child of the Most High God. Now, do the way that you let people talk to you and interact with you reflect that? All those those movies where you see the prince and the princess walking around, what does everybody do? They all bow down, right? Next time you go to work, just walk in the room and say, Bow down! bow down I'm here not really don't do that they'll think they'll think you're weird but in your heart you should see yourself that way not in an arrogant way because we don't deserve it we didn't earn this right but we are a child of the most high God and if we are the child of the most high God and he loves us with all the love that he has in his being think about how powerful God is and how powerful his love must be if I am in that kind of standing with the creator of the universe, I don't give a flying rip what anybody else thinks about me. Not in an arrogant way, but in a secure way. Because they don't get to set my identity. He does. He already told me who I am. And he already told me how important I am. And he already told me how much he loves me and I don't need that from anybody else because none of it matters. They'll talk their junk and try to manipulate to the edge of my grave. That's as far as they can go. I get to spend eternity ruling and reigning with Christ being who I am, and none of the labels that these people try to put on me get to stick. None of the labels they they try to put on you will stick either if you don't let it. If you don't let it, because you give permission, you give permission to people the way that they treat you. And if they cross the line and talk to you in an inappropriate way, you have, you have the right to enforce that and say, no, you don't talk to me that way. I love you. I love you. But you don't talk to me that way. I love you. You don't put your hands on me. I love you. The line's right here, never again. You understand? You don't let these people push you around. And here's why. Not to be mean or spiteful or be something like Billy Bad Buck guy walking around. You know, I'll whoop everybody. No. Because you're here on a mission. There's breath in your lungs. And there's a calling on your life. And there's a purpose for your life. That purpose is established by God. And there are people that he needs you to reach, that you can't do it if you're distracted by the games that people play. So let's take this and apply it to our lives today. And let's walk around bulletproof to this stuff. Okay? Let's walk around bulletproof to it. Have thick skin. Have thick skin. Be unoffendable. Take it all to the Lord in prayer. Release it all to him. And don't carry it around with you. Don't let these people label you. Don't let the enemy lie to you. You be everything that God called you to be and accomplish his purpose for your life. So when it's all said and done, we're going to stand in front of him. And I don't know about you, but I want to hear these words. Well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. That's all that's going to matter. Let's be that person. Amen. Let's all stand as we close in prayer today. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for the truth of your word, for who you're calling us to be. God, I thank you for your grace that's here in this room right now, for the love and the correction of your word. I pray that no one in here would feel condemned, but we would all feel challenged by the truth that you presented before us today. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. I just want to ask a quick question. You say, Pastor Josh, I'm walking through this right now. This word is for me. And I needed this to help me navigate through what I'm walking through in life and dealing with these people. If that's you, I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me right now. Just go ahead and do it. I see a lot of eyes going up in here. The Lord knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Let me pray over you. The band's going to play in the background just a little bit. Let's just have some corporate prayer for just a little bit as a church. And you guys watching online, pray along with us. Father, we just come before you right now, Lord. When I say we, I mean me too. Father, I thank you. I thank you. We all thank you, Lord, for who you called us to be. Who we get to be. Children of the Most High God. Father, I pray that you would help us to recognize the schemes of the enemy. And in those moments where people would try to intimidate us and get us to back down, you you don't need a church to back down and be silent. You need a church to stand up with boldness and show your love to a hurting world that needs it. Lord, I pray that we remember that you are with us, that you're with us, that you've called us, that you won't leave us, that you won't forsake us, Lord, that you've made us more than conquerors to stand up and draw a line and say, here is where you will go, and here is where you will go no further with this stuff. And I believe that we can do that while reflecting your love. We can be firm and be firm in love. Father, I pray that we recognize what the enemy's doing, that we don't respond emotionally, that we see what's happening, and that we not just sympathize, but we empathize. But the people that are trying to do this in life, Lord, that we see the hurt and that we remember how we were before you changed us. That we remember that hurt that we felt before you healed and restored. Father, that we look on them with different eyes and that we pray for them, for you to change their hearts because we don't want anyone, we don't want anyone to spend a second in hell Jesus, you died on the cross to do everything that you could to make sure that that wouldn't happen. Lord, I pray that that's our heart, too. But that we operate with wisdom in our interactions, too. That that we realize the enemy's work. That we realize that we sometimes have to stand up and say, here and no further. Lord, that we remember who you called us to be. And that we conduct ourselves accordingly as children of the Most High God. We don't let the enemy tell us lies through other people, but we don't respond inappropriately either. And we operate with wisdom according to your word. Father, if we need to forgive people, or well, let us forgive them. Let us forgive them, Father. People that have said the things to us, the people that have done the things to us, Lord. The people that have tried to manipulate and control and have that place in our lives. And no more, in the name of Jesus, no more and in the name of Jesus we release that we release that we put them in your hands Father as we forgive them God I give you glory and I give you praise for the truth of your word for what you're doing in our church for all the wonderful things that are happening Lord they happen because people are stepping up to be obedient to what you've called us to do I pray we continue to do that We let that light shine this week, Father, and bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Let's give God praise in the house this morning.